Peter Rita, I would love to start off this episode with a simple question that I'm certain our WTS Scoop Troop listeners will love to know about you. Are you ready? Peter Rita and Scoop Troop. Those I think are both <laughs> new for the show. I just for the for those who are building the glossary of terms. Go yeah, I'm, I'm coming out hot. Um, yeah. About how often do you bathe? And are you a shower or a bath guy? This Definitely a shower guy. Definitely a shower guy. And I aspire to shower daily. And because I work at home and I'm kind of a slob, sometimes it's every other day, but mostly mm-hmm. daily. Yeah. How about during the pandemic? I only bring that up because I made a personal promise that because during the, not the pandemic, the lockdown, mm-hmm. I was going to shower every day because I needed to keep some semblance of normalcy because otherwise it would just be one long snow day was my worry. Yeah. You don't have facial hair. No. This is leading someplace too. See what happened? You just handed it off. And now it's now the ball is mine. I have facial hair. Right now I'm in my summer shearing mode, which is the the goatee mustache. Built uh, for speed. And so I shave the cheeks and the neck, but we're in fall now, and I believe next week will be the start of my winter face. So I'll be <laughs> so you're growing like a tree, out. like you shed yeah. your leaves. And you... <laughs> I do, I do. Yeah, don't laugh at me, it's true, shut up. Okay, and so, but the real benefit of this is yeah. that I can roll out of bed and not have to worry about looking like I rolled out of bed because my face is covered. It, oh, I don't have any any. You have facial, your own built-in like, face mask. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So during, that was the lockdown. I mean, I, as soon as the lockdown hit, I just threw in the towel on my face. I was like, throw it out. I'm going full Gandalf. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, so good. Thank you for all of that information. So when you're in the shower, I just have two follow-up questions. Oh, good. You're getting real specific. Yeah, Mm -hmm. when you're in the shower, do you ever take a pen and a piece of paper and draw a circle? (laughs) Hey, when you're in in the shower, shower, do you ever peel an egg? (laughs) You ever peel an egg in the shower? No. Yeah, no, no. You I don't know where that. this is going. Well, that's yeah, good badly. that you don't do those things because, according to new research published in August 2022 in Social, Psychological, and Personality Science, ooh, hot off the press, you only need to do one of those things to feel less anxiety. Allow me to explain. What? You're Associate, there making this up. This is uh, all here we joke. go. Associate, well, granted, I published Social, Psychological, and Personality. <laughs> it's called Tommy's Social, Psychological. <laughs> Uh, Associate psychology professor Spike Lee, no relation, at the University of Toronto and his gang of science scamps did a little test in August 2022. Lee and his research team recruited 1,150 adults via something called Prolific, which apparently is just how you get test subjects. Have you heard of Prolific? Never. uh, No, never. Okay. And he had them all watch a brief video clip of a terrified woman standing at the edge of a bungee jump station. This video had been known to induce anxiety, tension, and uneasiness. So after watching this woman scream (laughs) at a bungee jump station, they were then randomly assigned to watch a video, A, showing how to properly wash one's hands, B, a video on how to draw a circle, or C, a video on how to peel an egg. Now, the circle jerks and the egg people, no big difference in anxiety. They were still just like bungeeing all over the place. But those who watched the hand-washing video reported significantly lower levels of anxiety. So, why is this? Professor Lee uh, posits... (laughs) Wait, is this interesting? (laughs) 
Do you yes. think I'm still I making feel this like up? What has happened here is I just got it. I got, I just in my head, I already got where the story's going and yeah. it's kind of magnificent. So go ahead. I, okay. Let's see if I'm right. Professor Lee posits that this is because when we engage in cleaning behavior, it involves separating residues from our body, like washing dirt off your hands. This basic physical experience of separating residues from our body, quote, another quote, can trigger a more psychological form of separation, namely separating the residual influence of past experiences from the present, ergo, wiping the slate clean. If the past experiences were stressful, then psychologically separating them from your present would reduce your stress. So, the act of cleaning oneself, even just a thorough hand-washing, can significantly reduce anxiety. What do you think, Pete? That's what this whole thing was leading to. If we yeah, just but- wash our hands, that's why everyone was so calm during the lockdown. <laughs> 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 everyone was just like, boring. No one was but, panicking. Yeah. But Tom, I don't, this is what I thought I got. I thought oh. you were making a connection between oh, no. the value of reducing anxiety and stress by taking an egg and some paper and a pen into the shower with you. No. Oh, well, don't I, you feel like that would be like the next level? Like, let's go peel an egg in the shower. <laughs> just to really... <laughs> Call it a day. Well, I wash my <laughs> eggs. Do you wash my eggs? Every morning I get up and I Why take all I my eggs. Why would I wash your eggs? <laughs> Why aren't you? You're not washing my eggs this whole time? Oh, my God. Danger omelets. Every day I get up and I take uh-huh. my eggs with me into the shower. And then I wash my hands in a bowl of Klonopin. <laughs> and I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's going to be a great show. Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. And each and every week, we drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about it, and hopefully laugh about it with all of you. (laughs) Reach out. Send us the story of your anxieties to whatsthatsmell.net. All you have to do is go to the website and push the button, and it will give you a form to send your anxiety to us. And I just want to remind you, if you can't find the website, there's always our favorite email address, something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. Something stinky at whatsthatsmell.net. And with that little trip down memory lane, I'll go first. Today, if if there ever was a day in my life that starts with a thing and ends with Eve, like, you know, Christmas Eve, New Year's Year's Eve, the day before the big thing, it is today. For me personally, tomorrow, as we record this, is a high holy day. Do you, Tom, know what that day is? No, I have no idea. But I bet Um, it's something technology-based, because I know what? It's new iPhone release day. That's what's really? happening tomorrow. I thought they just released yeah. a new one. They announced a new one, Tom. Oh, and that's what it was. So the announcement yep. happened last week, and then at 5 a.m. Pacific time on Friday of last week, they actually released the hounds. They unleashed the Kraken, <laughs> which was opened the website to be able to order. 
So I set my alarm for 4.45 and I began refreshing, 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 refreshing. And by the end of that experience, I had ordered three different iPhones, six pairs of AirPods, and two Apple Watches. I had to cancel many of them. There were so many errors in ordering that I spent like three grand in stuff. (laughs) because like it said payment interrupted try again and i would try again but it turns out the payment was not interrupted and i had ended up with way too many things but all of that is absolutely par for the course for iphone ordering day because a lot of people want to go get their phones on that day it is crazy it is crazy and within minutes you you go for, if you're not right there first it goes from you can get your phone in one week meaning tomorrow new iPhone release day or late October like if oh, you're, that's if the you reason. miss it it pushes the availability way out because I don't know if you uh, realize Pete gestures broadly supply chains it's right. hard to get stuff to you so that's what I am I'm coming at you right now with big iPhone new release day energy because <laughs> I love it. I you live are for an, this You're stuff. a dyed-in-the-wool yeah. Apple fan. You were even on a commercial. Do you know, it was, and I think that may be part of it. It also may be, you know, I, we've talked about my dad, and, and so I lost my yep. dad. But one of the things that is really resonant this year, just as an aside, this isn't really the, the anxiety part, is that dad was also like me. And so we would set our alarms oh. together and we oh. would order phones every year together. And we would then spend all day Saturday talking about what we got and why we got it. And your idea is a terrible one, but my idea is better. And we would go back and forth. <laughs> it was our little, our little tech trash talk. And yeah. it was really, really fun to have that between us. So I, uh, so uh, it was, sure. it was harder this year, right? It was a little bit more, more sentimental, I think, than it, it normally would be. But all of that is to say that t- t- tomorrow is a high holy day for me individually. I make no claims about platforms, which is better, et cetera. I don't care about that. All I need you to know is I love my phone and yeah. I spend an extraordinary amount of time with it touching me in some way, shape or form. And that leads me to this thing that I learned that apparently has existed for some time oh. that I feel like I should have known about before quite recently oh. uh, it actually entered the dictionary in 2019 okay. and that thing is tom nomophobia nope nomophobia oh you're Try done it. no no Try it. no no more phobias <laughs> <laughs> nomophobia we're cured this is the last episode this is it, both, it is <laughs> This is both uh, in, uh, linguistically, it enrages me because I don't like how this phobia is no constructed phobia. because it literally okay. is a constructed specific phobia. And to review for the class, what is a specific phobia? A specific phobia is a phobia that is literally constructed based on the definitions described by the major classes of phobias in the DSM-4. And so... It's not listed specifically in the DSM, but it is a thing that has become a thing, and it started because of stupid teenagers who made it a thing, and now I think it might also be me. What is it? Nomophobia. Oh, did you want to know? Okay. (laughs) I do. No. That's just no. Yep. Mobile phone phobia. No mobile phone phobia is nomophobia. 
Doesn't that make you mad on some level that that, that seems like a lazy a portmanteau? Yeah, <laughs> I don't that like was, it. Somebody made that choice and it stuck, and I yeah. hate it. What does it, it mean? Is it's a fear of not having a phone. It is when people have a fear of being detached from mobile phone connectivity. So it doesn't actually necessarily sure. need to be a specific device. It could right. be something that connects you to the world, and it is, um, it, it is this thing that is affecting more and more people. And I, I go back to my watch when I was like younger, right? Or even yep. now, if I leave the house without my watch on, I feel it. I feel, you know, the term we always use is naked. I feel naked mm. if this part of me doesn't have something sensory on it. And yeah. it's very frustrating. And I think that to me is the parallel to nomophobia. If I forget my phone, I get a little panic state. Right. I get a little bit of a panic sure. state that I'm not going to be able. Do you know, first, before I go into the study, do you have any of this? I sometimes, my closest thing, because I rarely leave without my phone, but when I do, yes, there is a charge that happens. Yeah. I like it's a, it's a feeling it's a little feeling of almost like electricity which is probably just anxiety. I'm able to quell it very quickly, but I think I, when was the last time I was in an emergency state? I cannot remember, <laughs> but that's what it makes me feel of like, oh no, when when I catch on fire, how am I going to call people to let them know? <laughs> but also one of the reasons that I almost never forget my phone is because of Los Angeles. And I'm not saying everyone out here does it. I just do. I live by ways or Google Maps because sure. there's always 900 different ways to get from A to B and it changes daily based on weird traffic. So I just yes. do whatever the phone tells me. So if I just get in my car and I don't have my phone, I will just immediately crash. Yeah, like, do you know where, just by rote, where anything is in Los Angeles? Because my sense is the traffic isn't changing. It's actually the buildings. They're moving in L.A. <laughs> That's what it feels like. It's like yeah, a nonsense I, place. I know how to get places, but I'll be there at some point. Because Waze also <laughs> has that thing of, like, if you need to go arrive by here, you need to leave yeah. by now. And I'm like, thank yeah. you, computer. Please don't ever have an EMP. I will immediately starve to death because I can't find my own kitchen in my own apartment yeah. without ways. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I do have yeah. that. And then a little bit, just sort of that weird, what if someone, I emerge, I catastrophize it, I emergency it of like, mm -hmm. what if someone desperately needs to get a hold of me? Well, it's fine. I'm going to the store. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. able to well, talk my way through it is the point. So that charge that you describe, I think, is really interesting because it's not like the phone manufacturers are doing anything to quell that. For example, like you talk about the emergency, the big new features of the phone this year and the new Apple Watch are like yeah. car crash detection. Right. Here's a feature that exists in the phone that will automatically detect if you've been in a terrible car accident because of amazing technology that you hope to God you'll never have to use. What does but it do with that information? Do, it calls emergency responders. Oh, it doesn't just play you taps. If okay. you're un <laughs> <laughs> just you hear iTunes open and you're like, I didn't need this. <laughs> it is. It's just a siren voice that says, "There's been an accident. We're right. very sorry." Like, uh, just and, and so someone. that's crazy. So that's that's one. Like that is rides that line between. I, this is an incredible feature. It's technology that I absolutely admire and also doesn't it kind of amp up the fear a little right. bit that that of, of never being without my phone 
And the other piece is satellite connectivity. But the satellite connectivity, you can use your phone and you can reach out to space, to satellites, (laughs) but why? Why can you do that? And all of the messaging around that is you are in a place in an emergency without cell service, like the middle of the woods or on a raft from a boat in the middle of nowhere. You're really Tom Hanksing it. Like you (laughs) are, you have no, and you have to do this. And they walk you through the little wizard. It says there's a wizard that comes up on your phone and it says, you don't have connectivity. Let's figure out what we're going to tell. And it, it walks through and says, are you drowning uh, in an avalanche? Uh, are there any broken limbs? And you tap the buttons to talk about how horrific your scenario <laughs> it's is. ABC and then, it, and then other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it packages the message and sends it into space to a relay center that calls em- the nearest emergency center to oh, actually send it to you, you. Oh, so you don't have... Yeah. Oh, so it's just for emergencies. It's like those only emergencies. cool military when they have like the yeah. really thick phone with the really big antenna. I always think those yeah. are cool. And they're always like, kill yeah. everyone. <laughs> um... <laughs> So oh. that's like that messaging is amping up that feeling of I can't ever you be must be without connected, my right yeah yeah well because I yeah. recently uh, as uh, avid listeners know I've been in the woods uh, I uh, was on a camping trip and three out of the eight days we had no cellular connectivity and no power and I was in do? a little cabin. It was weird at first. Yeah. It was interesting. And I was worried about like, well, how will I keep my phone charged? And then I was like, (laughs) I don't need my phone. It's not doing anything. (laughs) Except maybe being an alarm clock when I don't need an alarm. But no, there is that initial like, wait, but but the emergency. But what if? What yeah. Well, that is why uh, the United Kingdom, oh. uh, the government of the United Kingdom, p- uh, positioned this study. They did a survey through the uh, UK Post Office in 2008, commissioned YouGov, a UK-based research organization, to evaluate the possibility of anxiety disorders occurring due to overuse of mobile phones, right? And that's where this this name, nomophobia, started picking up uh, traction. Okay. The study found nearly 53%. This is possibly my favorite. I'm opening with my favorite line item in this result. Okay. It it found that nearly 53% of Britons who use mobile phones pretend to be apprehensive when they lose their mobile phone, run out of battery or credit, or have no network coverage. Wait, what? Pretend to be apprehensive? What does that mean? They I pretend don't even know. they like put on a little play. I don't, I don't even mean? know what the what that is. It's like fifty three percent of Britons who use their phone really want to be more anxious, but they don't know how. So because <laughs> of the pretend. stiff upper lip. So instead, yeah, there's right? it's just a bunch of people with canes being like, "Oh no, my phone." It's those kinds of things that, that make me impression. think I don't know what words mean. Like maybe no. I've been gaslit all along and pretend <laughs> means something completely different. The study also revealed that approximately 58% of male and 47% of females suffered from mobile phone disconnectivity anxiety. Mm. 9% feel strained when their mobile phones are even switched off. 55% of participants agreed that they are not able, when they are not able to maintain connectivity with their near or dear ones, then that's the reason for their phobia, right? That that it's that they, their oh. family is not able to contact them. They have this phobia. Right. And they most commonly compared the stress level to those 
with brides on their wedding day. Wedding day jitters. Really? That seems... Yeah. Hu- but wedding day jitters is so specific in such a short amount of time. I know. That, so that's spread out for whenever you don't have your phone. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they said that another study uh, by the National Health Service found that f- out of 547 males, 23% of students are labeled as nomophobic, while 64% of students are at risk of developing nomophobia. Almost 77% Wait, of, of students. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Study is but so this is so weird. This is an interesting one. How many times do you think you pick up your phone on any given day? Ooh, pick up my phone any given day. I would say... I bet it's so much higher than I even think. Yeah. Let's say 20 times. Well, I I wish I could tell you, if you go into, on iPhones at least, if you go into settings and then screen time, there is a uh, section in there that says, hey, on my phone, I want you to tell me how many times I pick up my phone. But oh. I think because I just updated my software, I've been using the beta all summer, it's like not reporting accurately and so okay. it doesn't have any good data for me but the stu- i think mine is vastly higher than <laughs> the study reports it says here that 77% of students check their cell phones more than 34 t- or 35 times per day mm. uh, and 50% of those respondents never switch off their mobile phone that actually seems very low to me now do you switch off your phone like actually power it down only when it's broken, like when yeah. it gets stuck on something. Or yeah. the the closest that I do is at night, and I know you do the same thing. I use the f- uh, focus yep. that do not disturb unless it's a su- supreme emergency thing. I do that right. every night. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are high school students. These are high school teachers who say, "You like if if our students forget their technology." And it might be a phone, it might be their Chromebook, they're all issued Chromebooks. If they leave the Chromebook at home, it might be a tablet, whatever. They shake. They fidget. They try to cheat themselves by looking over friends' shoulders to see what their friends are doing on their phones just to have that sort of... Even though it's not relevant to them at all, they just want to see their phones or check the stats of something. Can I check the weather (laughs) on your phone kind of a thing? Just Uh, to have that input. Yeah, they have that quivering sensation that that people just spontaneously cry when they realize that they don't have their phones with them and aren't going to be able to go home and get them for the day. Yeah, it is a a terrifying uh, experience being without their phones for the day. So that is... I don't have that. I don't... I don't think I have that. But the other thing that I that I worry about is I'm saying I don't have that, but I'm right. also never without my phone. And you're getting up at five in the morning yeah. and buying three thousand yeah. dollars worth of things. <laughs> and you realize uh, if if people are watching the video, you've been softly kissing your phone the entire <laughs> record. As they say, Tom, you can love your phone, just don't love your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet it is because of that charge that I said I got. Yeah. I bet there's a good chance that its tendrils are a little bit deeper than you think. And I'm not just saying you; I would think for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anxiety, respiratory alterations, trembling, perspiration, agitation, disorientation, and tachycardia—all reported as That's symptoms. Stuff. Reported symptoms of nomophobia. Uh, yes, the role of 
health promotion. They're taking it very seriously. Countries like India have actually um, are, are starting to talk about telecom regulation. They're starting to talk about more babysitting. Um, level two and three care is using like the focus settings and making those sort of required elements. Mm-hmm. Like they're really taking this seriously for certain groups and starting to talk about the way you use your phone uh, equivalent to the way you get a driver's license that maybe there should be some sort of mandate that says children under a certain age shouldn't be allowed to use all the features of their mobile device all the time. And maybe they need to have these things cut off at a certain time. So um, it is a hard thing to wrap your head around. Like, I I feel like this is all great and we should all be healthy and smart. And also, I read novels on my phone. I check my bank on my phone. I... I hardly ever make calls on my phone, but (laughs) I like the incentive of the world is to use the phone. Right. So I'm incented to keep it and keep using it all the time. And so I think this, this is something I, apparently we're going to have to adapt to. I don't necessarily know that I, I feel like my, my take on it is I, I don't see a future in which we are babysat at some sort of regulatory level. Um, that seems capitalism uh, will win past that. Yeah, I think capitalism will win past that. Right. Well, because I like the, I even like some, I think it's hypocritical. I'll be on my phone and I t- turned off this feature because it made me too mad. But every once in a while, my phone would be like, you're on me too much. And I'm like, you dick. That's because the entire <laughs> world is in you. Like the, you yeah. manage your screen time and it's like, put me down. And I'm like, I can't. Otherwise, I'll yeah. die out here <laughs> because of what you did. <laughs> I learned this from you. Exactly. <laughs> what do you expect? I have no answer to this. This was not a listener submission. I'm surprised that it hasn't been in the last seven seasons. Yeah. But, uh, it is not an answer. You'll notice I did not use the word addiction at all. I don't I, mm. I don't necessarily agree that with the addiction. I think addiction has some different connotations to it. And uh, so I'm not there yet. Uh, I still need to be convinced. But I know that there are concerns uh, out there, and as a parent of kids, yeah. I know there are concerns out there, and uh, uh, I, I feel like those concerns are begging for adaptation and not a blunt force trauma. And uh, so, yeah. I just think it's interesting to do. I happen to be presenting a case where I myself am potentially severely nomophobic. Right. I'll see you at five a.m. tomorrow, where I'm waiting <laughs> for the UPS truck. And everyone else, to all of our wonderful listeners and panic pals, uh, if you think you maybe don't have any nomophobia or anything, how are you listening to this podcast right now? <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, on your phones? <laughs> we'll Record. all see each other at five in the morning. <laughs> We've tried much, searched far and wide in our efforts to defeat the scourge of anxiety. From medication to therapy to exposure, week after week, we come back here doused in the failure of that search. This week, we learned that it's not that the answer doesn't exist, but that we've been looking too low. That's where the queen comes in. 
The passing of Queen Elizabeth II has caused us all to reflect on the role of royalty in our modern age writ large, and certainly the role of the queen herself and her decades of influence and impact on the world. Certainly not a role for one riddled with anxiety. But did you know that's exactly what our fair Elizabeth was? That's right. The queen reported being anxious and afraid throughout her young life, leading up to her coronation. As reported by royal author Brian Kozlowski's book, Long Live the Queen, 13 Rules for Living from Britain's Longest Reigning Monarch. She no longer felt anxious or worried, as she reportedly told her friend. I don't know what it is but I have lost all my timidity somehow in becoming sovereign. And there you have it. If you're looking for a cure-all for your own anxiety and fear, just find a nation eager for a figure to carry on centuries of traditions and rule it for most of your life. You are now anxiety-free. But we're all equal subjects in the land of anxiety, and you don't need a kingdom to prove it. Just become a What's That Smell Panic Pal. When you sign up, you're supporting indie podcasting and 12 more episodes of hot anxiety content in the form of Season 7. For $35, we'll send you stuff, too, like stickers and certificates and things. Plus, you'll get your own private member podcast feed where you'll get longer and uncut versions of this very podcast. Juicy stuff! Become a Panic Pal today at whatsthatsmell.net and show your allegiance to the Iron Anxiety Throne today. Hey, Peter. Hi, Johnny. <laughs> hey, Hi. Peter. Mm-hmm. Do you know what high time it is? <laughs> it's high time for a visualizing exercise. Your favorite! Oh, Tom, I miss oh, these. I know you do. Okay. And unlike uh, other ones that are taking you down before, this one has no twists. It is happy and relaxing throughout. <laughs> so go ahead and cue some of that pleasant music. All right, Pete. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Now imagine you're sitting in a chair and you're smiling calmly and you're kind of rocking back and forth. And you're rocking back and forth because one of your favorite songs is playing. And why is it playing? Because you picked it, Pete. Now, zoom out a bit. Why does it smell so good in here? Well, just open your eyes and take a look at the table in front of you. It's filled with some of your favorite foods and treats. And why are they there? Because you put them there, Pete. And they're going to be delicious. Now, let's zoom out a little more. What else is in the room? Balloons. Balloons and streamers. And what's that on your head? Is that a party hat? It is, Pete. And why is it there? Because you put it there, Pete. This is your playlist and your treats and your balloons and your party hat at your party, Pete. And everything is perfect. Except that's a lot of unused party plates all stacked up, Pete. (laughs) And it looks like the food is, well, untouched. And no one has tried the cake. Can Can we zoom out a little bit more? Oh, I see. That's why. You're all alone, Pete. You're at your party all alone. And wait, let's zoom out all the way. Oh, I get it now. This isn't a room. It's a very nicely decorated coffin. Oh, well, have a great coffin party, Pete. (laughs) And now open your eyes. Oh, God. You just walked me up a mountain and then threw me off of it. What is happening right now? (laughs) That was supposed to be relaxing and rejuvenating. How are you feeling? Uh, It's awful. Well, if it helps, that was less... 
outright sadism and more misery loves company because that is legitimately a nightmare I, Tommy Metz III, have had <laughs> sitting in the sad party chair. Mine doesn't have the coffin part. I threw that in just for you. <laughs> just for um, me. Just for you. Um, Pete, if this is making you uncomfortable, rest assured that, as always, you and I are not alone because all of this brings me to this week's Listener Submission! Is that exciting? That's good. Okay. This week's anxiety comes from past contributor and current show pal, Mandy Kaplan, and she wrote us the following. Okay, so I love to entertain, but every time just before guests are supposed to arrive and maybe all day before, I am panicked that no one will show up. It ruins my day sometimes when I know I should be having fun prepping and cooking. Deal with that, mother make lovers. Mandy, mother make lovers. Don't care <laughs> for it. A, that's uh, a weird sign off for us. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, okay, so the the party anxiety, the anxiety of people not showing up to your party past the wonderfully relaxing visualizing exercise I took you down. Mm -hmm. Can you relate to this anxiety, Pete? Yeah, I don't. I work alone. I don't. I don't party. I don't. I hate <laughs> parties. I don't party. I don't. I don't relate to it because I don't plan parties. I can't. You I won't do parties. it. I and so and why don't I have parties? Because I don't yep. like that anxiety. I sure don't like it. Because you're worried that if you yeah. were to do it, no one will come. No one will come. Nope. They'll all have better things to do. So I, Tom, legendary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. You. Uh, we're friends. <laughs> well, I have to imagine okay. that if I. Uh, if if you lived closer to me or if I lived closer to you, you would know that one of the things that I do on my birthday is I take the day off of any activities and I go to movies all day. It's Correct. just what I've, I've done it for 20 years. And it started long ago uh, with me going to movies and inviting friends to also come celebrate, even just part of the day. Come, come for a morning movie or an afternoon movie or lunch, whatever. Like, here's a kind of jump in, jump out. Let's kind of celebrate throughout the day. And it got to the point where everybody was so like busy with work and just oh I'm so sorry I was going to come and I couldn't that I just stopped telling people about it because oh. it just it was like oh my god I don't think I can I don't think I can deal with this anymore I don't want a logistics nightmare I don't want to like I don't like the idea of putting it out there that I'm having this fun event day and then everybody being too busy to come and spend any part of it Right. Like hanging out. So I stopped talking about it. And now I am the loneliest boy in Portland <laughs> on my birthday, but I am so much happier as a result, right? right? Like I'm so much happier not dealing with that at all. So my birthday is a supremely individual, independent event. <laughs> Nobody knows about it. You do go to a movie theater that is playing movies, though, right? You're not just sitting in an empty, like, just alone and... I, I, go to, I go to an office building with taupe interior walls, and I find an unused, unfurnished room, and I sit on the floor, and I watch Avatar every year on my cell phone. Oh, my God! Jeez. No, it's the 3D version, but you don't have yeah. glasses, so it's just yeah, giving you a, a migraine. Yeah. But I have two phones, and I watch them at the same time. <laughs> so it's doubly blurry. Yeah, side by side, uh, one for each eye. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I'm not doing any good for the anxiety because no. I hear that anxiety, and I'm like, F that anxiety, let's right. not party. <laughs> yeah. Let's just avoid the entire thing. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, I, this is a legit nightmare that I've had, and I 
other than film premieres that I have been a part of planning, I have never thrown myself a party for this exact reason. I'm yeah. just afraid of building up expectation and then losing myself when people don't show up. And mm-hmm. I think I know in part where my anxiety comes from, where so many anxieties come from. Mother! Uh, <laughs> really? Because she was, she's always gotten anxious about throwing a party when I was growing up, like for her friends and stuff, mm-hmm. or for my him, my mom, and my dad's friends, she would always get a lot of anxiety. And I talked to her about it recently, and she knows where her anxiety came from. You want to guess? Her mother. Her mother! Oh, <laughs> My yay. mom was an Air Force brat, and they would live on bases across the country. They were constantly moving. And whether or not he ever expressed it to her, my late grandmother believed that how she threw a party would directly reflect on her husband, Chipa's military mm-hmm. career. That she would invite all of the Air Force wives over and think, I guess, that like the militaristic ranking system involved like how good her deviled eggs were. <laughs> I don't know. You know what, though? I yeah. mean, that's it. You say you that and it's true. It's funny, but also, like, have you seen any show about military wives ever? It's all like that. Like the rank all like applies and... to the spouse. Like it right. is politics. If if you're a captain, then you're a captain's wife. And there are certain implicit responsibilities that come with that. I've learned everything I need to know about that from <laughs> like for all mankind and from oh. the earth to the moon. Okay. But, uh, but that to my my sense of that is like they don't necessarily write a whole bunch of stories about those kinds of events in the cultural zeitgeist of the time. Without some basis Without in reality, it being true. I, would, I would imagine. Well, that then I was making legit. fun of it, but now that now I guess you that does probably make feel sense. real bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> real, real bad. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, well, you mentioned uh, that you would go to the movies, and sometimes people started peeling off and not being able to go. Mm-hmm. I personally have not thrown a party and no one came, but that's only because it was like film premieres. It was like a real event. It wasn't come celebrate me. I was searching around on the internet a little bit to try to find someone. Is this just a feeling that everyone has, but it's like a nightmare that never comes true? Well, I found someone on Reddit where the nightmare came true. favorite. And I'd like to read you something that they wrote. Strap in, everybody. (laughs) This is a nightmare come to light. Here we go. This is heartbreaking. Uh, The question was, have you ever thrown a party and no one came? And someone answered, I did. I sent out invites for my birthday party a few weeks prior. My friends confirmed. The night of, I got some calls asking who was there. Then when I told them no one was, they canceled. My girlfriend and I just sat there in my living room, beer and soda out in the ice chests, waiting, feeling like losers. I waited for about an hour for the last call, and then I told my girlfriend that we were going out and tomorrow I had cleaning to do. I friend broke up with all of them, every single one, called them up one by one the next day. That birthday was one of the most painful experiences I've ever had. I've since worked on, okay, so this gets a little happier. Yeah. I have since worked on hard on establishing a set of stand by you friends. I've got about three close friends now. It's a hell of a lot better than eight to 10 fair weather friends who will stand you up on your birthday. Jesus oh, Christ. God. <laughs> that is exactly what I am irrationally afraid would happen. And what would that say about me? Yeah, I don't think I mean clearly it's not irrational completely, right? right? Like For that now person. it's based now it's grounded. Now yeah. it's precedent. It happened to someone. It's <laughs> exactly. not irrational, right? Yeah. And that is that turns the anxiety into like a legit fear. And I wonder how much 
this is maybe getting a little hippy dippy, but I wonder how much the idea of friend breaking up with them, this person then calling yeah. everybody and saying we're done was also lot. an attempt to, I, I used the phrase losing myself earlier mm -hmm. in an attempt to reestablish oneself. I am here, I matter, and to prove that to myself in the face of this horrible experience, I have to do something drastic. Well, something you always come back to, which is control, right? That experience right. of having agency and control in your own life. And I think that's really important. I, I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever explicitly friend broken up with anybody. Like, I, mm. it, maybe it's just I've I've let relationships drift that didn't feel resonant anymore. Sure, um, but it happens. Like in life, you move, whatever. But, um, but I totally get that feeling. And I remember, like, when I made that transition to have solo birthdays, it was because of that same sentiment. Like, mm -hmm. I, it, you start feeling like a loser, and no one has broken up with me like we still all get together right. on other event days like it's right. just that one started to hurt and mm -hmm. i didn't care for it um but i i didn't feel the need to call and say because that what you just described is really like sociopathic like people asking who's there and then can they sound like horrible people <laughs> they sound <laughs> like ridiculous. horrible people yeah. like those are those are legit bad friends and probably yeah. need to be broken up with but i I've, I've never yes. quite gone that far but i get the feeling mm -hmm. of hurting and needing to take control and saying that this thing is mine this right. event is mine i don't think that helps Mandy in this case because no. the difference between me and Mandy is that Mandy likes partying right. and planning parties Correct. And I found this thing about this, how to maybe feel better about this. Here's something else that might not help Mandy, <laughs> but might help <laughs> other listeners. Sorry, Mando. We're doing our best. I found this on heartsupport.com. It's about how mm -hmm. to live a healthier life heart-wise and stuff. And I like this. Um, we miss out on spending time with the people who did show up and do care. We miss out on having a great time because we're busy stressing over who didn't show. But perhaps worst of all, we run the risk of negating the feelings of those that do love us, that do show up in our lives and effectively effectively tell them, thanks, but I really care more about this person who didn't show. So that's a risk that you yeah. have if you're perseverating, to use our favorite word, about who's still coming, who's not coming. That doesn't apply to Mandy because she is a wonderfully empathetic and caring person. Once you go mm -hmm. over, it's her it's her words that she is the uh, quintessential Jewish mother. She will mm -hmm. immediately you you will show up when you're getting out of your car. You'll have a snack in your hand. <laughs> like, what? Where did this come from? How did this? And she'll be like, she's like the Batman of snacks. She can, just like goes up and. Stuff. Can I just say, like, I I think what makes the what makes the fear irrational and the thing we don't know about your your redditor example is. Yep. Um, is what you're just describing about Mandy. And as it happens, we both know Mandy. Um, and what what I know about Mandy is just how magnetic of a personality she is. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes this fear for her contextually irrational because... Right. Like, that's a good point. Like, you know, like she, that's what makes it if an only anxiety. You could, is, if only you could see yourself the way other people see you, then you wouldn't their have their eyes. Right. right. Exactly. If they could totally, if here's a reference she'll never get, if she could Blade right. Runner herself, then she would <laughs> right. be in great shape. Um, and so I, I think that's really important is th that it starts with like getting rid of that anxiety for party planning starts with like being a person who 
like you you want to spend time with, you know, right. like be the person you want to spend time with at your own party and and like cultivate that atmosphere and eventually throwing a party will be a non-issue. And I'm saying all that knowing that nobody showed up to my own birthday. I guess I was <laughs> not that guy. Oh no. Man, did I just I literally dug I my were, own grave and buried myself alive in it. I think you were you were picking it was your insistence on always going to a birthday showing of stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> You just the movies you picked were so terrible. Uh, on, I just kept uh, seeing mother, mother <laughs> on this uh, heart support blog. There's one other thing that I just wanted to finish with because I think sometimes for people like Mandy, for definitely for other people, they remind us that quantity doesn't necessarily mean quality. Ultimately, it doesn't mean anything if people don't show to your birthday. They might have had other plans, an emergency, or maybe are introverted in a large group setting makes them uncomfortable, maybe they're suffering from anxiety. Whatever the reason, it only means something if we let our self-worth get attached to it. And that's the name yeah. of the game. And yep. maybe your way of dealing with that is to shut it down like you did. Mm-hmm. Maybe the way of dealing with it is never throwing a party once like I did <laughs> and hoping that every once in a while someone will throw me a surprise party and they yeah. have. And it's been marvelous. It's been yeah. it's been wonderful. And then I pay it forward by knowing how to correctly behave at the horrific nature of surprise parties that we've talked about before. Um, yes. Yeah. Thank you, Mandy. Thank you so much, yeah. Mandy, for submitting. Uh, you were not alone. Everyone has this. So many people have this kind of thing. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just the name of the game is trying not to let your self-worth get attached to it. Do repeat. What, you are not what alone. Unlike Pete, who literally is alone every year on his birthday. <laughs> Happy trails, everybody. <laughs> Your party hat bursts into flames. It just gets worse and worse. Thank you all so much for joining us for this episode. This week's tune is Waste Our Time by Jane and the Boy. Coming up next week. It's like they have the right? tall ones that supposed to feel like rooms. Uh-uh, not me. I raw dogged oh. it in a coffin pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, why did you make it even worse? All right. So there are a lot of I, things we're going to need to unpack yeah, in that. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to yeah. have to start with who has a walking trip wedding? <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> they were on the go. You're living in a Fairly Brothers movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are all three of the Stooges. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. I have, I have no retort. <laughs> Anything else I say, I feel like is going to implicate me further. <laughs> You're pleading the fifth on the yeah. rest of your life. <laughs> yeah. Until then, I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? <laughs>